Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. At Delta, we know Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus, and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. I'm Jack Luke, Bike Radar's Deputy Editor, and today I'm going to be talking with Vicky Balfour, a regular contributor to Bike Radar and MBUK, and Nick Clark, Bike Radar's resident shredder and digital writer, about how to get your mountain bike ready for spring. Indeed, it is only a short while away that sunny days out on the bike with big backcountry adventures will soon be a reality. And that, for many of us, means that bikes will be taken out of storage after a hard winter of riding. And just like our weary legs, our bikes deserve a little bit of care. Before we get stuck in, Vicky, how are you doing today and what are you planning for this upcoming spring? Oh, I'm very well, thank you. Uh, yes, I am. Oh, I can't wait for spring weather to come. It's uh, I had a particularly wet ride last week. <laughs> realised that uh, that spring wasn't quite here yet. Uh, I've got, well, next week, talking immediate future, I'm back home with family in the New Forest and I have got lots of forest, coastal, Isle of Wight rides planned. And then uh, longer term, it's just a case of getting out as much as I can on my mountain bike and on my gravel bike. So yeah, it's good. That sounds absolutely delightful. I think there's nothing more boring than wet weather other than moaning about wet weather, but I have to say this has been a long and very, very tiresome <laughs> yeah. winter. So I'm very, very much looking for some good weather. Nick, how about you? Do you have any shreddy spring plans ahead? Uh, well, tomorrow I'm off to Bike Park Wales to, mm, for a bicycle Ooh, shoot for nice. Bike of the Year. And then after that, probably hit up some local trails at the weekend. And then further down into the month, where spring hopefully probably comes out, <laughs> daffodils are yet to poke their heads through where I live. Really? Wow, yeah. you are in the deepest, darkest North Wales. Uh, it's the elevation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, off to Italy to go and test some e-bikes that are 
coming out so exciting should be really good ah, sounds fantastic. excellent yes i have to say yeah. um please be careful at bike park wales tomorrow nick i know you're a big sender and i could do without you being injured for the next little while <laughs> fingers crossed <laughs> <laughs> anyway before we get stuck into our riding plans for spring is definitely time to wheel our bikes out of storage and just give them a little once over but what you what should you be looking out for when you're getting your bike ready for spring now vicky you're a very very well experienced mechanic you do all sorts of wrenching on a wide variety of bikes. You've been on the podcast several times to talk about mechanicing. Well worth looking back through the archive for those. It's always a pleasure to chat to Vicky. But we'll start off with tyres and wheels. I've wheeled my bike out of storage. Maybe it hasn't been ridden in anger, say, since the late days of autumn. What should I look out for with my tyres and wheels? Yeah, so the literally the very first thing you should look out for is whether your tyre has actually remained inflated over that time. So this counts whether you've got tubes in there or whether you run tubeless and have got sealant in there. Basically, if a, if a bike has been sitting on a tyre and the tyre's gone down, you can begin to get these really little hairline cracks in the sidewall um, where essentially it's perished, basically, Um and those are really going to spell problems, either for leaking sealant or just for the the tire basically going mm-hmm. when you come to reinflate it. So, um, yeah, very first thing is look for that. If it's yeah, if it's stayed inflated and you've kept an eye on it all through the winter, then it's really a case of just a general health check on the tire. So, are all the sort of the nobbles, the studs, are they all place? Um, have you got any grazes on the sidewall that again are going to cause problems? And if you've got sealant in there, it's worth refreshing the sealant. Uh, people people always say, how often should you replace sealant? And it's it's one of those things that I kind of say, check on it every few months. But if you notice a tyre is consistently beginning to go down, that's generally a sign that uh, you need a bit of extra sealant. I actually I felt, fell foul of this myself a couple of days ago. I kind of went out to ride my bike, which lives at my parents' house, and in a rush for the train, kind of vigorously pumped it up before it got loaded in my dad's car, got into the train, and it was already flat. So I had to do a pa- a panic tube, uh, tube insert, having left the tubeless sealant to dry out over the course of several months mm. like a fool. Oh, don't beat yourself up. It's easily done. (laughs) We've all fallen foul to that, I think. Thank you for your kind words. You're making me feel much better. I'd say as well, particularly on looking at worn tyres, like it's something we've spoken about endlessly, about mountain bikes, road bikes, gravel bikes, you know, fresh tyres, particularly if they're upgraded new tyres from stock ones, can really, really bring a bike alive. So Mm. if you do have worn out tread, the best time of year to, or rather the the optimum time to replace them probably is at the start of the season where they're going to make you feel a bit more like a hero. You know, you've had a whole summer's worth of riding in your legs by the time they are worn out. So coming onto fresh rubber should really, really help improve your riding. And it might be wishful thinking, but I think possibly changing the tread to something maybe more summery might just bolster the season change for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A bit like holding, taking off mud guards as a surefire way to uh, encourage rain to happen in your local area. But For sure. fresh tread will bring about suffering. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Fingers yeah. crossed. <laughs> yeah. Actually, on that one, I mean, something that people can sometimes do sort of going summer into winter is swap, use your front your front tyre on the back when the front when the front tyre has begun to wear down because you naturally want your rear tyre to be a bit faster running a good way of sort of getting extra life out of things, assuming 
the tire sort of consuming the tire integrity is still good. Um, you can just put the front on the back and then just buy a new front tire. That's always a way of of doing things as well. And that might get you also if you're doing it this time mm. of year, might get you over that bridge season while we still have a bit of slop. So yes, definitely, and save a bit of cash because tires are not cheap. Nope. <laughs> Again, looking at <laughs> looking at wheels rather than tires. Nick, what should I be looking out for with wheels? I think a general inspection. So first of all, give them a little spin, see how they're spinning. You know, if there's anything incredibly large, like, a, you know, going at it properly trued maybe, or if you've got the facilities, do it yourself. I mean, there's plenty of ways to get around that, mm-hmm. even if it's just putting like a tiny little, well, band, let's say, on the chainstay of your tyre or mm-hmm. the fork and just seeing if there's any sort of play in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so general spin, then check the nipples of on the rim, see if there's anything that's out, out of place. Because the worst thing that can happen on a bike ride is losing a spoke. And yeah, not an easy trailside <laughs> repair. Yeah. No, I mean, I've been out a few <laughs> times and it's happened and to an extent where it's the wheel's so tackoed that it just doesn't spin in the frame anymore. Mm. So that's a long walk home. Um, but yeah, just checking spokes, making sure everything's okay, having a look at the hub, make sure there's no sort of play in it and it's running nice and smooth, you know. You get into the spring season, you know, you want fast running bearings, not slow, sloppy (laughs) bearings. So, yeah, that's probably what I'd say. Yeah, definitely. Bearings are one of these things that Mm. are best dealt with preemptively. I think we can say, you know, a bearing swap, generally speaking with cartridge uh, hubs, they're not terribly difficult these days. But a little bit of fresh grease after a winter of horrible riding can really help prolong the life of bearings and perhaps Mm. stop you having to change them altogether. And for truing wheels, we do have a guide on how to true wheels on Bike Radar, and that's in our workshop section. It is one of the more involved uh, sort of tasks one can learn as a home mechanic, but it's a really good one that is worth doing because it's not overly complicated, particularly if you're practicing with fresh wheels. Um, moving away from our wheels and tires, we have a look at our brakes. Vicky, what should I be looking out for with my brakes after a winter of riding? Yeah, so I think the absolute first thing you need to look at is how much wear you've got, or how much yeah wear you've got left on your brake pads. It's um, it's an absolute classic, and people, it's not again like all these things. It's not that difficult to check. You just have to position yourself in the right way to look through the caliper you can always put something white behind and that will give you, you, as you look through the caliper, you'll be able to identify the brake rotor and then either side of it, the pad, and then next to that, the backing plate. And what you're looking for is about a millimetre of um, of pad left. Change it when you get to that point. Um, and that will then see you safe. And you can always keep those, again, like all these things, you can keep those as spares just in case you get caught out somewhere. Um, but yeah, if you change your pads at that point, it will, um, oh, it feels so much better. (laughs) (laughs) Something I've definitely experienced on quite a few occasions is you come back, you haven't ridden your bike in a while and it's been sat in dry storage even, and your Mm. pads and rotors will just howl like a banshee. What would be your kind of top tip to quieten down noisy brakes after storage? I think probably a good dose of disc brake cleaner on the rotor. I mean, really spray it on, let it soak, then put some more disc brake cleaner on a a rag or blue roll or something and wipe it off so that you really clean that. And then probably get something like like a metal file or newspaper, not newspaper, sandpaper. (laughs) Newspaper will do you no good. (laughs) Sandpaper and just file off that top layer on the the brake pad themselves. 
and then just do the whole bedding in process again. And what we mean by bedding in is basically transferring that top layer of pad onto the rotor. So to do that, you'll, you'll cycle really fast, pull on the brakes so that they engage and they drag against the rotor and do that probably about 10 times. And generally you'll find that's enough to cause sort of a relationship between the rotor and the pad. And touch wood, that (laughs) should get rid of the issue. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another thing you might quite often find with bikes that have been in storage, particularly if they've been held uh, stored upside down or even at a funny angle, if there is any air in the system and the brake was needing mm. blared before storage, you quite often find the brake levers will feel spongy when you come back onto your bike. Now, usually a couple vigorous pumps of the brake lever will get yeah. you going again. But with Shimano levers in particular, you can do quite an easy uh, cup bleed, which essentially gets the last of that little bit of air out of the system. Again, how to bleed brakes is a little bit more of an involved process, but lucky for you, once again, we have an excellent guide on bike radar about how to do that, but definitely one to be aware of if you're taking a bike out of storage. On to suspension and frame. Nick, I'm going to start with you on this one since I forced you, despite your protests, to write a full guide on coil versus air shock, so you're well schooled up on this stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think when it... When it comes to suspension, after a big sloppy winter, you know, the seals are going to be taking a lot of damage, you know. They're working overtime, keeping stuff out. So probably having a full service, especially if you've been putting it off for a little bit of time, it's probably the best time to do it of mm-hmm. the year. Get it nice and smooth for summer. Um, especially on sort of the rear shock, depending on what sort of design you've got going on, I think. Why wouldn't you? Get rid of those squeaks, get rid of those squelching sounds. Mm-hmm. It sounds perfect. Um, in terms of frame, yeah, I just make sure and have, you know, anything rubbing close to the frame, get some protective tape under there. Um, just make sure everything's tightened up properly, you know. But obviously, talk up properly. We wouldn't want any damage. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. as well, suspension pivots, you know, if you've been blasting your bike with the pressure washer all mm. winter, you know, it's definitely a lot better than it used to be. You see kind of frames with integrated. Um, sort of protection against the bearings or from water ingress. So giving your bike a good old firm tug at the rear end just to make sure there's no play in the pivots is a really good one. And then, yeah, actually, we'll go to you, Vicky, on this briefly because you are a real big suspension nerd, I know. You know, <laughs> seals in particular, that, as Nick says, they do a really hard job in the winter months. Mm. Is there any truth to the myth 
about storing your forks upside down to sort of get them the uh, seals and the foam wipers uh, soaked with oil, or is that a bit of a old fishwife's tale? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I li- literally, if you think about the the sort of the shape and the way it works, yes, that would make perfect sense. Um, but actually, I think as Nick has said, at replacing it's a bit like sealant in a tire. After a while, no matter how good the seal, seals are, the heat will just sort of cook the oil, and that you just basically end up with pretty skanky oil. Really, and it, <laughs> it needs a refresh. <laughs> it's um, you open them up sometimes. Um, lower leg surfaces uh, on forks are if. Uh, well, it depends on which brand of fork you've got. Um, they can be relatively straightforward. It can just be a case of getting the right tooling. Um, but it's a really, really satisfying job oh, to do. Mm. And it's oh, it's brilliant, isn't it? It's so good. <laughs> it's, and compared to so much of mechanics where it's all dirty and grimy, the precision and the cleanliness of fork services is just brilliant. Um, but yeah, I basically, I think, yes, if you... If you are, well, I would obviously advise getting your fork serviced. Mm. If you aren't going to do that, then yes, you could. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with with storing them upside down. <laughs> um, I think it would take quite a lot of room if you stored the entire bike upside down. But yeah, it's worth a try. <laughs> Some years ago, I did a uh, Fox Oh God, it would have been a 32 Talis service. I mean, I was like 15 when I did this. And yeah. um the cleanliness you described is definitely the way you should approach it. But I did it in my dad's wood workshop with all this horrible <laughs> dust flying around. And I just think I probably did more damage than I did good on the full rebuild. Anyway, um, something that's often overlooked, you know, if you've been riding your bike for months, even years, you know, more likely than not, you'll have your sort of cockpit. So your handlebars and everything set up. Same with the seat post. But it's pretty over easy to overlook those for just a little bit of sort of, we'll call it preventative Mm. maintenance, almost a bit of a safety check. What would you recommend there, Vicky? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is really just a quick run round with your Allen keys or your Torx keys, your Torx drivers, um, to make sure the bolts are done up. Like Nick said earlier, where you've got Torx settings, respect them, (laughs) especially with, I always say, sort of a bigger Torx wrench. If a job needs a bigger Torx wrench, you can get away more if it's your own bike, with just using your own sort of force judgment. Where things have got a lower torque setting, so anything like two, three, four newton metres, use a torque wrench because there it's a really fine amount of pressure, but the manufacturers will have given you that much pressure for a reason. Um, and you can guarantee that it's going to be the right amount. So that's things like stem bolts, um, yeah, things like your grips, make sure your grips are still done up because actually it's quite terrifying if you're going yeah. downhill yeah. and you go to pull on your brakes and you suddenly find that your grips are beginning to rev like a motorbike. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I I do speak from experience on that one. But <laughs> it can take you by surprise sometimes. One with, um, oh, go on. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. And then I was just going to say, finally, the, the other thing really that is semi-related to the cockpit is your headset. Um, yeah, just like you say, a winter of grit and dirt and muck from the UK can destroy headsets. So um, those are the bearings above and below your head tube on your bike. And yeah, even if you don't replace them, getting undoing it all, taking it all apart, giving it a good clean, re-greasing and putting it back together will make everything feel so much smoother. 
Absolutely, particularly lower headset bearings on mountain bikes where they're exposed <laughs> to that constant stream of filth. They have yes. a tough old life. Um, <laughs> they really do. Something we've talked about on the podcast before, and a word of warning. In fact, I'm going to say to you all right now listening, if you are listening, go out to your bike, remove your seat post, grease it, and put it back in yes. because you are doing future you a favor. Speaking from experience, a stuck seat post is one of the most frustrating jobs imaginable to resolve on a bike. You know, more yeah. often than not, you have to resort to chemistry or brute force to remove a stuck post, or yeah. you know, you'll end up with a hernia. Um, and it's even more, <laughs> even more complex when things like carbon frames and dropper seat posts mm. are involved. It all becomes a real nightmare. So right now, go out, remove your seat post, and give it a clean. Nick, have you ever dealt with a stuck seat post? I have a carbon on carbon sort of. It's a chemical mm. chemical bond that, um, but unfortunately, that was something like didn't deal with for too long it was un undoable 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 oh dear <laughs> no. some years ago we published an excellent little news story there was a guy called um what was he called sterling bike doctor i think he was but he had a wonderful instagram and he'd made this really like medieval looking contraption where it would clamp onto the uh, bottom bracket shell of a bike through the the spindle and then clamp on with these really vicious clamps onto a seat post and through a reverse headset puller, you know, kind of working the opposite direction, would pull mm. these seat posts out with these most extraordinary bangs as it came out. Like they, <laughs> particularly when it is a chemical bond like that, it is, yeah. they are welded in there. Well worth a look back oh, yes. through the archives for that one. Yeah, definitely. And I, yeah, I mean, I think, Nick, you make a really good point that the worst, apart from sort of a really ancient bike, the worst example I found was a few, well, a couple of years ago now. And um, and it was, a, it was a relatively new carbon frame and it just bonded to the <laughs> dropper post. And it was, it was quite, I think it was one of my early articles for um, MBUK. And I remember sending these pictures to Tom Marvin and sort of saying, hmm, slight problem here and he said where's that bike been under the sea <laughs> it was just it was hideous and the guy whose bike it was who I'd borrowed um because I borrowed it from a friend and I was just like mate you have got to regrease this or re uh, carbon paste it mm. literally every couple of weeks yeah. <laughs> it's there's some nasty reaction going on here it's quite it's, funny yeah. I think it's like that sorry I'm getting on a tangent here I often think it's mm. something to do with the um, like I remember white bikes back in the day would have a sort of rubber bung that would sit above the seat post and it definitely helped prevent water ingress but you're sort of mm. at nature's mercy with something like a you know like a hardtail or whatever a steel hardtail where everything's fully exposed so yeah regular re-greasing is mm. really really well advised <laughs> yes yes just going back to the cockpit for a second there and uh, mm. Vicky mentioned grips mm. um, I think after muddy gloves being on them the whole winter man getting them changed will just make your bike feel a lot more well new I guess totally Absolutely. Yeah, and that's a really good point. Yeah, sticky, yeah. sad grips are just one of the most mm. unpleasant sensations. Plus, we get all that dirt embedded in them. You kind of finish every, if you're a gloveless rider, finish every mm. ride like, <laughs> what's this strange gunk <laughs> on my hand? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Same, same with road bikes too. Fresh tape. Oh, man. Makes mm. a bike feel new. Uh, on to shifting and drivetrain maintenance. Oh, a job we all like to put off forever and ever and ever. <laughs> I've taken... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with the drivetrain itself looking at kind of uh, chain wear and cassettes and so on Vicky what should I be looking out for before we get into shifting performance yeah um, you need a chain checker 
mm. £10 tool that is going to save you hundreds. It's, I always joke that this is going to be on my gravestone is make sure you buy a chain checker. <laughs> it's basically what happens, the links of the chain, they sort of, they wear down or the bearings of the washers between them wear down. The chain gets slightly longer. It effectively stretches, it becomes longer. And then that will change the shape of the cogs on your cassette. And if you let it go too far, so if you let it go beyond sort of 50% worn, there's a risk that a new chain won't actually sit comfortably on there. And then you're left, especially if you've got something like a Shimano 12 speed, you're not only you're well at the moment, I think you can't actually get them <laughs> a 12 speed cassette. <laughs> it's sort of they just I think they came in briefly and went. Um, but yeah, so you're basically change your chain at 50% worn. And you will pay 20, 30 pounds, whatever, versus hundreds of pounds for a, yeah, for a cassette potentially. So that is a big one for me. It's, um, yeah, make sure, make sure you change that. Absolutely. Um, and if I you, think it's, yeah. oh, sorry, go on, go on. No, no, I was just going to say, and if, if you, yeah, if you've gone beyond, if you've gone beyond 50%, Sure. I always say it's no harm in trying a new chain. Just see if it'll work. You might be lucky, but be prepared for the fact that it may not. (laughs) Yes, I've definitely been there in my younger days. And I think it's something that most new cyclists don't really realise, but drivetrains Mm. wear. And I don't think it's no criticism of bike shops because there's lots and lots of things to remember. But I just generally think people don't want to hear about costs in the future when they're buying a new bike so it's perhaps something people don't communicate as readily as they should but it is true bikes wear Mm. out if you're a regular rider there's no kind of upper or lower limit on chain life you know if you keep it fastidiously clean you can get tens of thousands of kilometers out of a chain and cassette but if you're lazy like me (laughs) then you'll spend (laughs) more time replacing chains so yeah do check your chain if it's had a hard winter's riding a hard life Mm. um but be prepared for expense if you've let it go too far. What's your favourite way to clean a chain and drivetrain, Vicky? For a home mechanical Ooh, say. Am, am I allowed to mention a brand? Or oh, Of course you can. <laughs> it, yes, is that all right? Because I've recently discovered um, the Fenix foaming drive train mm. cleaner. Absolutely love that. It's very Buy satisfying it. stuff. It's yeah. so satisfying. It looks like shaving foam when it comes out. And you basically coat your entire chain and your cassette and then use the um, use the brushes if you buy it as a kit. Um, the use the brushes they sell in the kit are worth getting. They do work really well mm. for the jobs intended. Um, rinse it off, and you have got the most spotless looking chain I've ever seen. Good it's, tip. Um, Good I tip. Mean, you do need to then go and lube it, but um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's that has revolutionised it for me. Really How about you, has. Nick? Cover it in diesel, set it alight. Yeah, gunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now I have to go. With, I don't want to go too Fenix here, but the foaming train cleaner is pretty good. But I have to say, sometimes it extends further onto the frame than just the chain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is quite messy stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, a it's a full yes. bike cleaner for me. <laughs> <laughs> Your poor bike, Nick. Mm. Dear me. Yeah, I really subscribe yeah. to the Simon von Bromley school of thought, where mm. I degrease a brand new chain and then use a wax loop because if you do it right, you can get away with just using boiling water which is great if you're lazy like me. A little bit of effort up front, <laughs> but honestly, really, really worth it. Yeah. No, I'm definitely going to... I think I'm going to try that because I use a semi-wax lube mm. and I find that is far better than um, than regular lubes. Nice. Yeah. We're just going to mm. wrap up with a general point around your day-to-day riding kit because it isn't just your bikes that you need to look after. 
you know, there's a lot more that goes into cycling regularly. Nick, what would you recommend people look out for with their kit in general? Uh, well, I think my main issue when it comes to getting back on the bike in spring is cleat wear. So mm. I'll have a pair of booties maybe for the winter and then getting back on the bike in spring and back to sort of a summer shoe. And those, I've been pranked many times by the Crank Brothers, well, looking down at my Crank Brothers mm. cleat and going, oh, it's been, it's melted away yeah, over, yeah, over winter. Yeah, a stub. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it always happens to be when you're at the furthest point of that first ride back out mm. um, where you just can't get clipped back in. So I'd probably say my first look would be there. Um, and then looking at maybe contact points, just checking your pedals have got, mm. I know it's part of the bike, but making sure there's enough mm -hmm, pins mm -hmm. that haven't just been scraped out during winter. Yeah, definitely. And then for a high cab, but kind of cycling kit itself as in clothing. Uh, make sure it still fits. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's probably the main one. <laughs> Don't go full Jan Ulrich in the winter. Yeah. Just keep <laughs> I think, yeah, it's definitely true. You know, after a, a winter of indulgence, I've definitely come to my summer kit and gone, hmm, I better do a bit more yes. riding. But if you're kind of coming into a wet looking spring, I think reproofing your gear is a really, really good, mm. good idea. Giving a little preemptive clean as well if it has been sort of stored in musty conditions i've definitely been known to put away wet kit for too long in vacuum <laughs> bags or whatever um and also things like if you ride with a hydration pack like give your bladder a good old um what's the word uh what is the word? Uh, disinfect. Disinfect, oh, yes. yeah. yeah. Disinfect, disinfect it. it. Oh, yeah. because, oh, they can smell and taste really bad <laughs> yes. if they've had any moisture in them yeah. for a while. Wouldn't store that in the freezer next to fish, like fish either. I've learned that the horrible oh, really? way. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, what an unpleasant <laughs> surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a taste of just an yeah. an anomia? Anomia? No, anomia. What is it? Um, an enemy? No. Ammonia. Yeah. Ammonia. 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 Oh, ammonia. Yeah. I you're telling us some exotic, <laughs> no. exotic fish that your family were eating. <laughs> How about you, Vicky? In terms of your sort of kit, what would you recommend people look out for? Uh, check your helmet is a good one. Um, it's partly you can actually take a lot of those little, um, the padded bits inside, they can come out and have a, glee, a clean. Um, but it's a good time to check the date when the helmet was made, um, especially if you've had it literally if it, if it was new when you bought it rather than sitting on a shelf in a shop for sort of a couple of years. Um, helmets you should change they do damage in sunlight and things over time and uh, yeah if you find that your helmet's sort of four or five years old even if it's not had too many um, bumps and hasn't got dents or any obvious signs of wear it's probably worth giving it a change so it's it's a good reminder it's a good point of the year to go okay is this helmet still fresh is it okay Pads are definitely a good recommendation. I really yeah. suffer from, if you leave your pads for way, way too long, those kind of horrible mm. little line of spots oh, you get on yes. your forehead from it. Best yes. skincare routine yeah. for cyclists, a future podcast perhaps. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, a final word of warning. I would definitely recommend you check out your mini pump. I suffered a couple of weeks ago from this with a burst O-ring and I kind of knew it was on its way out and oh, yeah. I really, really wish I'd just sorted it. But, you know, tools do wear out. Maybe a refresh of your uh, multi-tool if it's had a hard winter of spannering, but definitely pumps are the one to look out for. Mm. And finally, actually, actually inner tubes. Yeah. 
energy yes. that they've been stored away yes. in bags. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the split, that little split down the seam where they've, I had one that was stored on my frame and um, yeah, and I looked at it and realised there was a tiny little split along the seam where it had been squashed and stored. I was like, well, that's not going to be no use. <laughs> yeah, or, or the um, valve kind of wearing a little hole in the yes. inside of it if you've packed it away a little bit loosely. Ugh, inner tubes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was just a brief rundown of some of the things you should look out for if you're re-emerging from your hibernation cave, you and your bike, ready for a spring yeah. of riding ahead. We do have a full rundown of this on bikecreator.com, updated by our very own Nick. And as always, we have way more workshop guides on site which you can get really stuck into if you want to nerd out, many of which have been written by Vicky. Vicky, I hope you have a wonderful spring of riding ahead. And Nick, thank, thank you very you. much for coming on the podcast. If you have any feedback on the podcast, send it through to podcast at bikeradar.com. If you enjoyed this, give us a cheeky five-star rating. You know we deserve it. And thanks once again for listening to the Bike Radar Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar Podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 